today's episode of the podcast is the season finale. So when I had the idea of creating this podcast, I thought about doing 10 episodes as one season. And so we're on the 10th episode today. I want to start off by just saying thank you so much for listening. If you're listening right now and you've listened in the past, it means so much to me. And this has been such a fun, creative project. As you probably know, I do short form content on TikTok primarily and also on Instagram. And that's also great because there's a visual component. I feel like I have to be really engaging with those forms of content. But being able to really sit down and have a long form conversation, dive deep into topics and share my point of view that I got to think through is really a treat for me. And I just am so grateful that I get to do this. I will be doing a season two and I would love to hear your feedback on what you'd like to hear on season two. My thoughts are to have guests on the podcast. I want to have people from my life, professionals, people in my personal life that I think would be engaging and interesting to hear their point of view and kind of bring them on for a segment of each episode. Let me know how you feel about that. If you hate that idea, that's okay too. I do want to hear your feedback and also topics that you're interested in. I can see the analytics on which topics people are more interested in than others. So that's been very interesting for me as kind of a feedback. And I'll take all of this into consideration when I build out season two. One more thing I want to say before I jump into today's topic is just that I had been toying around with this idea of building a podcast for a while and I had no idea how to start. Not a single clue. Like, do I have to pay for this? Do I, how do I buy a mic, etc.? And I just knew that I really, really enjoyed listening to podcasts. I listened to a copious amount of podcasts. It would really scare you. And I felt like this would be a great way, like I said, to connect and kind of share thoughts and have a different form of a conversation. So my point of saying that is I know there's so many things that we have ideas about that we want to do, um, whether it's a project you want to start, maybe there's like a business you've been thinking about, and it's really easy to let life get in the way. But I just want to empower you if you have something like that on on your mind to just go for it set out the time and just do it and I've said this before too but the first time that you do anything is really not going to be that great I had quite low expectations for the you know my own performance on this podcast and like the quality of it because it was my first time doing it of course you want to put out your best work and do the best you can but you can't be excellent on your first try. That would be a little wild. So I am just uh, excited to learn more, to develop this skill, develop this craft, come out with a better season two. And I'm excited and encourage you to do something similar, whatever that is in your life. So to end this season, the topic for today is going to be things that you can do to up-level your life. I've talked a bit about productivity tools, time management, mind-body craft, wellness, you know, these like tools and techniques and things that you can do to improve your life kind of throughout this podcast. But this particular episode is going to go into very, very concrete, specific things that I do that I have implemented that have radically changed and improved my life. Almost like a review of beauty products uh, if you see those on social media except we're not talking about beauty products we're talking about concepts and things and actions that you can take. I have bucketed these things that I'm going to share into a few different buckets. The first is things to improve your relationship with yourself. The second is things for relationship with your health and your body. Third is relationship with work and productivity. And the fourth is relationships with other people in your life. 
So those are the four broad buckets that we're going to talk about, and I'll share things within each bucket. And I, before you get worried, I get nervous sometimes when I'm listening to a podcast that I feel like is going to give me a lot of information and I don't have a pen and notepad to write things down. And I want you to not worry because I'm going to put everything in the show notes in the description of this episode, wherever you're listening to it. It's going to have the buckets, the things that I talked about, and to the extent there's anything I can link for you, I'm going to link it. Um, I need to figure out how to make money off of links, but I haven't figured that out yet. So it's just a link to whatever's the easiest thing for you to to purchase. So um, that's going to all be down there. You don't have to take notes unless you want to. I feel the need to tell you why I'm qualified, in quotes, to kind of share this information with you. And that's because, like so many of us, I have gone through a personal growth and personal transformation of self-improvement over the last few years. I won't bore you with all of the details, but I just am a happier, healthier, more successful, calmer, more peaceful person now than I was ever in my life, but certainly than a few years ago. And that's because of these tangible things that I've changed. I do feel that if you make a change in your internal state and you change the lens in which you see the world, then your life changes. So I hope that this can be helpful in whatever part of the journey that you're on. And with that, let's get into it. So the first bucket, your relationship to yourself. The main thing that has really improved my happiness and I think inner peace is building out some kind of a gratitude practice. And my gratitude practice is pretty specific. So the first part of it is first thing in the morning, when I wake up before I've gotten out of bed or really done a whole lot else, I think of three things that I'm grateful for. And these are three specific things. So it's not overarching items like, you know, have my health, my family, or, you know, things that are constant every day. It's particular to that specific day. So I'll notice, you know, the way that the light is hitting the room. I'll notice the temperature or like the coziness of the bed or something that is very specific to that moment or how I woke up feeling and try to say the things that I'm grateful for. Or if there's something exciting happening in your day, that's like a good thing to to say that you're grateful for. And I just say it to myself, but you can also say it out loud. You could say it to a partner, etc. Then at the end of the day, you say three wins of that day. So you kind of reflect back on your day before you go to bed and you pick out three things that went well that day. What this does is by bookending your day, the morning and the end with these positive reinforcements, you start to reflect on your days as being positive and then you reflect on your weeks as being positive, your months, your years, and then the next thing you know, you have a positive life. So obviously not every day is great, but it's finding the good in each day. The second tool that helps with my relationship with myself is try to remind yourself that you are not your thoughts. So whenever you hear something in your mind, you hear a thought, there is the thought and then there's the person listening to the thought. And so if you can separate yourself as being the listener, the person listening to the thought and the thought as something external or like your brain, right? Like two component parts of your brain, you can start to realize that your thoughts are not you. They're something that you listen to and you can choose to not listen to them if they're not a good thought. This does take a little bit of practice because at first I felt a little crazy when I heard this, but here's a little exercise. You can, right now, I'll pause and not make any sound for a second, but think to yourself, like say something to yourself, like today's been great. You can say that to yourself, right? I just said it in that pause. 
So there's something that's saying it. There's something that list that's listening, and you're the thing that's listening. So you are you have full license to observe your thoughts, listen to them, and follow them when you think they're good thoughts, and reject them when you think they're bad thoughts. This might be really simple, but it helps immensely when it comes to things like comparison with yourself, with other people, negative self-talk, criticism, things that are not productive. Obviously, a certain level of discipline and self-examination is productive, but there is a point in which it's not. And there is um, a negative feedback loop that happens if you keep letting those thoughts run rampant. So once you start to observe them and you can kind of tell them like, we're not doing that, we're changing the channel, it's not something we're going to be you know, thinking about, like kind of reject the thought and move on to something else. You begin to create these new neural pathways. And so those thoughts become quieter and quieter. Um, and that's a really helpful way to kind of distance yourself from negative thoughts. The third thing that helps build relationship with yourself is a piece that helps strengthen your trust with yourself. And that is by giving yourself many challenges to basically contribute to your self-esteem, right? So self-esteem is built when you do esteemable acts. And a way to do esteemable acts is to do things that you feel are difficult and are a mini challenge for you. And when you tell yourself like, okay, this is a difficult thing that I'm going to do. And then you do that difficult thing. You begin to build an understanding with yourself that you are someone who can do difficult things and you can trust yourself to accomplish difficult things. Sometimes when I find myself falling into some kind of a rut and I just want to be lazy or I kind of want to unplug and distance myself and retreat in words. That is the time when this is most powerful and I have to kind of force myself, give myself a little bit of a nudge to do a challenging thing, the thing I don't want to do. Over time, showing and proving to yourself that you can accomplish things when you set your mind to it and then being proud of yourself is one of the biggest ways to kind of strengthen your relationship with yourself. Okay, the next bucket is things to help improve your relationship with your health and with your body. So this first one is about sleep because sleep is the foundation of our health. And I used to have horrendous sleep my entire life, was like a child insomniac, and only recently in the last few years learned how to sleep well. And now that I know how to sleep well, I will never go back to any other kind of lifestyle. I really found a few things to be effective. The first was not having caffeine past noon. This was tricky as someone when I was a junior corporate lawyer because I drank six cups of coffee a day just to operate and I needed to change that obviously. I was not doing great things for myself. So I started to kind of wean off of that and then went cold turkey, no caffeine, and then reintroduced just one cup in the morning. You don't need to do all of that, but if you can kind of regulate your caffeine intake to no later than a certain time, 12 is a good time because of the half-life in caffeine, you will notice a difference in your sleep. And even if you don't notice a difference when you wake up, it does help with your quality of sleep. The same thing with alcohol. Anytime I have alcohol, I immediately notice that there is a decrease in the quality of my sleep. How do I notice this? The second piece of advice, which is the aura ring. I have a sleep tracker. I use the aura ring. Talked about it before. I really, really like it. And it gives you great metrics. Um, there are so many different sleep trackers out there. So, you know, if you can get your hands on one, I think it's a really, really good tool. I used to use the Fitbit back in the day, and that also gave some good insights. It is an investment no matter what, but I do think it's a useful one and one that 
is worth it. A couple other things that improve my sleep have been using a sleep mask, an eye mask. Uh, the one that I've recently discovered is amazing because it blocks out all light and it has kind of cushions around your eyeballs so it doesn't sit right on your eyes. I really like it. I'll link it. And um, it's kind of like heavy duty. Uh, the other thing that I very recently started doing was sleeping with kind of a white noise uh, beach background. I never slept with any noise before. I used to sleep in just complete silence and now I've converted and now I always sleep with the sound. I use the app Better Sleep and you can configure your own sort of mixture of waves and wind and whatever else you want. Um, and I have like a setting that I like and I just keep it there and I do think it helps me just fall asleep much quicker. The next thing that really helped me with my relationship with my health and body has been having fitness goals that are not tied to appearance. So nothing about toning up or looking fit or losing weight or anything like that, but just a fitness challenge for myself. So an example of that would be mobility, flexibility, or increasing your strength and you know, or trying a new exercise, like trying to learn how to do a pull-up. That's like one of mine. So things that are unrelated to appearance. And the reason for that, you can probably imagine, is just that you take that out of the equation and it becomes just about the fitness and just about the working out. And there's something really healthy in that, uh, particularly if you've been conditioned to think that exercise is just for some kind of physical outcome. Um, it's a great way to kind of divorce that a little bit. We love physical outcomes too, but um, there's something really powerful about just focusing on the fitness. And the third thing that has been a game changer for my relationship with my health and body has been just reminding myself all the things that my body does for me. I talked about this in the body image episode, but even just taking a second right now to remember that there are like millions, billions, I don't even know how many cells uh, working for you right now, your organs, your heart's pumping, your brain is churning, your ears are listening, like everything is working for you. And we take that for granted. So just, I do try to have check-ins with myself and just kind of give some love back to all the little things working for me. I'm smiling as I'm saying this because it's kind of a way to develop self-love for parts of you and these little cells and these little like organs and I don't know if you can just see them as these things that are working for you and you can give them love back. It's like this cool uh, new way of seeing your body. Tools for your relationship with work and productivity. I have a whole episode on productivity tools. and I talk about a bunch of stuff that I implement. So check that out if you haven't. But one thing that I've implemented that I think is really interesting, this is from Cal Newport, um, an essay he wrote. And he basically says that whenever you're stressed out about the number of things you have to do on your plate or you're anxious about the challenges for a specific project, an idea that you could implement is to do the opposite of what naturally comes to you. So if you're used to doing a particular order of things and you think, okay, I should do this first, this second, try doing the opposite of that. So the thing that comes least naturally to you first, I've done, implemented this a few times and it really does work. I think it just kind of like tricks your mind a little bit and forces you to do the harder thing first and then you've accomplished the bigger thing on your plate. So give that a try. 
Another tool that's really helpful, especially if you're having a hard time with your day job or you're bur- you're feeling a little burnt out or frustrated, is to try to start a project that's just for yourself that is completely outside of your normal job. So, you know, for me, that was content creation as a hobby in the beginning. It could be painting, watercolors, something that you can't monetize and that is just for you and has nothing to do with your job. And somehow it actually helps your relationship with your actual job because you're now pouring into yourself in a way that you weren't before and scratching a creative itch or a hobby that you've been interested in and hopefully that will help to kind of increase your baseline level of happiness and give you something outside of your job that is fulfilling to you. And the third thing that can help with your productivity and with work is when you're waking up with thoughts about all the things you have to do, write down a list and sort of separate it into two columns. In one column, just write out everything that you feel you have to do. So everything that you're shooting yourself, I should do this, I should do this, write it all down. And then the second list, after you've looked through your things that you think you have to do, really pick out the stuff you absolutely have to do today that you could not end the day without doing and focus on that list. Okay, the final bucket, improving your relationships in your life. So I've shared this resource a few times, but Byron Katie has a workbook called The Work. So if you literally search Byron Katie The Work, it's a questionnaire sort of like workbook that you can download for free and it's a really cool way of examining your relationships whether it's a friendship a partner family um, particularly if you're having some kind of a disagreement and you work through this workbook and there are four key questions that you're going to ask yourself I'm going to read through these four questions uh, just so you get a feel for what this is but I highly recommend going and trying it especially if you're in a tense sort of relationship um, Um, situation right now. So the first question is, let's say you have a thought about this person or about yourself, something that's, you know, bothering you. You take that negative thought and you ask the question, number one, is it true? Is this thought true? Then it has, and that your answer has to be yes or no to that first question. Then question number two, can you absolutely know that it's true? Question number three, how do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? Here you want to close your eyes and really think about the feelings, how your body feels, what thoughts are going on when you believe that thought. And the fourth question you ask is, who would you be without that thought? It's really, really powerful and I encourage you to try it. I've used it a number of times in arguments or, you know, quarrels that I've had and I've taken a negative thought, ran it through these four questions and felt completely differently by the end. The second tool that I found to be helpful, this is particular for romantic relationships, is the five stages of a relationship. I don't know where I found this because this is just in my notes app, but I will try to find where this is from. I did not come up with this. Uh, So the five stages of a relationship are as follows. The first stage is the honeymoon phase. The second stage is the doubt phase where you ask yourself, is it perfect? Third stage is disillusionment, so you're no longer enchanted, it's no longer perfect. The fourth fourth stage is the decision stage, where you have to decide, do you stay or go? And the fifth stage, if you get past that fourth stage, is unconditional love. I found it really helpful to see it laid out in that way, especially because something like a romantic relationship where there's so much feelings involved, seeing these 
five stages and sort of this um, phased approach that you can look at in a more empirical way, I find to be really helpful. And you can probably think back to past relationships, current relationships, and kind of see where in the cycle you are. The third thing that I found to be helpful when particularly managing relationships in your life, and as you get older and you feel like your time is limited and you want to pour into certain people in your life, is to think about the 20% of people in your life that produce 80% of the positive impact. A way to identify this is to ask yourself who has consistently brought me joy in the past six months, one year, three years, five years, and kind of list out those people and you'll see a pattern. And it'll be about 20% of people in your life that are creating the most joy, having the most positive impact, and really are the people that you should be doubling down on. And so you circle those people and you think and ask yourself, have you been pouring into those relationships the way that you should be? And could you sort of divert some of the attention maybe that you're putting on people who are not in that 20% and divert it back to those 20%? And that might sound a little empirical and like ruthless, but that is the point. We have such finite time and that becomes more and more apparent the older that you get and you realize that there are so many demands on your time so if you can just pour back into the people that are really positively impacting your life to make sure that they feel positively impacted too that i think helps kind of strengthen your relationships and bring up your quality of life that is everything i have on my list here i have pages and pages in my notes app of other things that i couldn't include just for the sake of time Uh, but if this is interesting i'm more than happy to share more of these tools this was such a treat for me to be able to curate a list of things and share them with you i feel a little bit like the female tim ferris because this is something that he does and i really enjoy seeing his list so i hope this is enjoyable i hope this was helpful Thank you again for listening and for being here for the first season. I'm very excited for season two. Until then, I'm going to leave you with this quote, which is from a Chinese proverb. The quote is, be not afraid of growing slowly. Be afraid only of standing still. Mm -hmm.